Polynesia was exactly what they were looking for, Collins insisted. There weren't many cyclones, there'd been no tsunamis in a century, they had protected lagoons, and, all important for a crowd of Bay Area techies, they had underwater fiber connectivity. That first contact was in May 2016. The deal flowed fast. Collins set up a series of meetings with mayors, ministers, presidents, infrastructure builders, marine scientists, and businessmen, and he invited a crew of nine seasteaders to come on over, at the traveler's own expense, for what became a 10-day visit. Making time for the trip was hard. It was in early September, right after the annual Burning Man Desert Art Festival, which is a major event in the lives of a lot of high-level seasteaders. But they made the schlep from Playa to Paradise, even though direct flights to Tahiti from the San Francisco Bay Area don't exist. Something Joe Quirk, the Seasteading Institute's communications director, says he hopes this project will change. The Polynesians might hope that as well. Among their delegation at that Infinity Club signing was Michel Monvoisin, president of the major French Polynesian airline. The seasteaders were blown away by what they found, physically, socially, and politically. In my 10 days, I didn't meet a single Polynesian who didn't like the idea, Quirk says, and the politicians were immediately and spontaneously speaking publicly about this. They weren't waiting for consensus, weren't asking for someone else to prepare a statement. They were right away publicly saying this was a good thing. The visitors swam with friendly sharks, ate delicious meals of fresh raw fish and coconut milk on tiny mota, were hugged with familiar warmth by the mayor of Uturoa on the island of Rayatea, and presented their case to President Fritsch and several ministers. Tom Bell was there as the seasteader's legal guru. A law professor at Chapman University, Bell has effectively cornered the market in legal advice for the startup city crowd. In a forthcoming Cambridge University press book, Your Next Government, From the Nation-State to Stateless Nations, Bell writes that they spent their time bouncing from paradise to paradise on planes, ferries, and fishing boats, contemplating how seasteads might provide needed cooling via shade to bleached-out coral. Quirk speaks for all of the visitors when he says French Polynesia is a place where you can't look anywhere and not think, I can't believe how beautiful this is. Any random view in any direction would make an amazing screensaver. But as wonderful as the natural environment was, the socio-political environment seemed to be just as good. With Colin's guidance, Quirk says they were shown sites where we could float these things. Our engineer could dive to inspect the corals. We saw different buildings we could reside in and different businesses that could be involved. By the end of the trip, he was telling Collins that the fixer had undersold what a fit the place was for the project. Greg DeLone was the latest addition to the seasteading team, having met Henkin face-to-face -face for the first time only the week before at Burning Man. DeLone, who runs an economic development consulting firm for cities called UIX Global, has a lot of experience dealing with governments at all levels. He says he was excited by what I think is the genuine honesty, integrity, and transparency that the officials we dealt with showed. From my previous experience, that is a very pleasant surprise. The Polynesians are the original seasteaders, adds Quirk. They have a culture of getting on those Polynesian canoes and going to a new island and founding a new society. We go to them and talk about autonomy and choice, and they love it. They get it. They get the idea of exploring and discovering new things. They were doing this a thousand years ago. Polynesia doesn't deliver everything for modern urbanites used to Silicon Valley or San Francisco. There's no Amazon Prime, Henkin says. But there are real cities with populations in five figures who have, the seasteaders hope, a willingness to allow them to experiment with new rules and new technologies.
The Polynesians are also already familiar with the concept of a space of limited autonomy carved out from within a larger legal entity, points out Monty Cosma, a former McKinsey consultant now with Blue Frontiers. A prospective seasteads relationship to French Polynesia is easily analogized to French Polynesia's with France. For Delone, libertarianism is a curious historical component of seasteading. I see the focus of this as on the technology and social experience, he says. When I describe the elephant of seasteading, the libertarian thing is not a part of it. This revised vision is reflected in the new book, Seasteading, How Ocean Cities Will Change the World, from Free Press, written by Quirk with Friedman. The latter is still on the Seasteading Institute's board of directors, though he is no longer actively working on its projects. Competitive governance, the original heart of seasteading, is in the book but it doesn't get extended attention until page 183 of the 346-page text. It was changed circumstances, not a change in core ideology.